In this episode, artist Nastia Mosquito explores the challenges of obeying artistic instincts and embracing commitment, even in the face of societal norms. Discover Nastia's unique perspective on legacy and his aspiration to be a vehicle of possibilities. It's time to dive in. Nastia, how are you? I'm beautiful, man. I'm happy to be here. You know, your list of guests is uh, delicious. And I'm very happy to be to be part of it, particularly with another Portuguese speaker, uh, which is rare in this field, you know. But I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I, I'm thrilled. Once I learned that you are from Angola, I was super excited because I, I've been to Luanda for many years ago. Oh, it was sweet. A, It was an incredible experience. I enjoyed it tremendously. And uh, to be able to see the culture, you know, how a lot of Brazilian culture has been influenced by, you know, from uh, Angola and being able to be there and experience that firsthand was eye-opening. So I'm thrilled. Wow, man, you, 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 my, my heart is bubbling right now. It's very rare that you speak with somebody kind of an international scene that actually has been, you know, to Angola and to Luanda, you know. So it's, uh, it's cool. What, what time? When were you there? What was the... The time frame when, when well, was it was before I moved to the U.S. So I've been here for almost 20 years. So I'm maybe oh, wow. yes, early 2000, 2002, maybe three. Oof, so that was it, an it, exciting time to be in Luanda. Yeah, just like civil war had just ended, right? Yes, yes. There was a lot of investment happening over there. A lot of opportunities <laughs> as well. Uh, it's always good to go in those places, you know, when you see that 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 change the energy people are so excited you know, to be there to be able to create something new you know to be able to speak up and it was I, I, being a teenager when i was there it made a big impact on me and i remember very vividly uh walking around and see the people being excited to to what's going what's what's what, what was happening man it was amazing i was living in london at a time you know and i had just gotten married I went to Luanda to check it out because after, you know, a 30 plus years of civil war and now the national territory was officially uh, at peace, in peace, I, I left to check it out. You know, I never came back. You know, it was a celebration of a glorious, uh, uh, undesirable divorce. Uh, that's how strong the energy of uh, Angola was at that time. You know, all my life was planned to go in a direction when that happened a new path had to start because it was that exciting to be there and to be part of what was possible. Right. Mm -hmm. There were a few utopias in our minds, but it was, it was uh, yeah, very, very strong moment. Where are you at right now? Are you back in UK or in, in Angola? No, I, I'm speaking to you from Belgium. We're in Ghent. All right. All right. How is, uh, what, what are you doing over there? That's your new, were you based at this time? Yes, yes. This is my official base. You know, family's here, you know, wife, kid and uh, all of that logistic is here. So I try to spend as much time here as I can, you know. Excellent. We were talking a little bit behind the scenes that you have uh, a project that you're working on uh, in Brazil, I think for the Biennale True. as well. True. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it's, it's, it's a, a, a project, it's a little bit mad, we're calling it, we is Calafe Palanga and myself, you know, we are calling it the Kizomba Design Museum. So it was like, we are grabbing, first of all, the word Kizomba, right, which means party, to party, to celebrate, 
Né? So, and, and kizomba is, of course, known in the world as a music genre uh, and a dance discipline as well. But me and Kalaf have the, the conviction that kizomba is more than just a dance, more than just uh, sonics, a, a music genre, but it's also a culture. No, that it, it was a genre that was uh, uh, fostered in the diasporas, Angolan diasporas, mainly Portugal, but also Brazil, the UK, the US, South Africa, because again of the civil war, you know, there was this disper dispersion of people uh, all over the place. And Kizomba was kind of born out of the access of technology, you know, synthesizers and all of that. But there was a whole culture, a club culture, a dance culture, but it's also a family thing, yeah. right? Where you at the backyard, you have music playing and family comes, you break bread together. So we wanted to edify all these things that we attribute to a Kizomba attitude and to to have a sense to put the word design and the word museum close to uh, Kizomba Design Museum, because we have the conviction that Kizomba is what allows people to design a particular kind of life as an immigrant, legal or illegal. You know, Kizomba is where you uh, nurture who you are. It's where you remember and celebrate your own uh, community. It's where you gain the strength that is required for all the kind of struggle and humiliation of being in a new place, in a new language, in a new culture, and having the sort of the, the yeah, man, the strength to deal with the everyday struggle that is that. So Kizomba allows us to remember why we're fighting, why are we away from home, and the kind of attitude with which you then conduct yourself. So Kizomba has helped design what is now, for example, Portuguese society and Angolan society and wherever you have uh, uh, an Angolan community. So that you understand, man, like the biggest Kizomba school today is in Beijing, is in China. You know, it is a culture that is really present all over the world. And it's a lifestyle. It's a dressing sense. It's a sense of pride. It's a sense of how you carry yourself. It's how you connect to others. And of course, in the dance and in the music, there's a lot of communal energy that is there. So we do believe that there is a memory there that must be uh, tapped into, must be researched, must be uh, almost uh, uh edified as a financial force as well because mm. there there is businesses that connect to this culture that allow these things uh, uh, to be possible and there are ways in which we can connect different dots uh, uh, and we think that Kizomba might be this vehicle. So in Sao Paulo we're basically going to grab all this blah 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 and create a three-day program Right. So we're going to have music. We're going to have uh, uh, the dancing, but we're also going to have the thought that is behind that, the resilience that is behind that. So we have book launches, talks, three days, 6th, 7th and 8th of September in Sao Paulo, you know, parallel to the Sao Paulo Biennale. That is an historic Sao Paulo Biennale, right, because we have. Uh, black people in the curation, black women in the curation. Uh, Lula da Silva is just back in power after the Bolsonaro years. Uh, uh, and then there's this 
feeling, regardless of what your political stance is, there is this feeling that Brazil gets yet another chance to be what Brazil has indeed the potential and capacity to be, which is a world player, right? And how that communicates into the BRIC uh, um, coalitions, you know? So it, it, there's a lot at stake being in Sao Paulo uh, this September. There's a lot to nurture, there's a lot to celebrate, but there's also a lot not to wait and see, but to participate. So uh, Kalafe Palang and myself have this uh, very urgent feeling that being in Brazil right now, it's important not just for Brazilian reality, not just for those that speak Portuguese in the world, but as we saw Lula uh, uh, exchanging vibes with Macron at uh, uh, the environmental summit uh, uh, in, in Paris, you know, uh, shaking things up and having those dialogues that are important. I think it's a beautiful ambassador for the Portuguese-speaking world, not just because of their dimension, but also because of Brazil's agenda, you know? So we want to be part of that. That's what the uh, Kizomba Design Museum is going to be nurturing, you know, at the beginning of September. Now, if I'm if, correct, if I'm wrong, I'm, if I, I want to put a little bit to, uh, to context over here. So, Kizomba would be the equivalent of hip hop. It is for uh, African American. That's a good bridge. Yes, that's yeah. a good bridge to make. Yes, because it, it does express itself as a culture, right, with different arms. So, yeah, you mm -hmm. could you could say that. Yeah. Okay. I was just to make sure that uh, I understand what it is, but people that are watching can have a better understanding. Uh, uh, and no, it just. No, just to say that we're a lot sexier. Let's just say that a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot sexier. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But there, it is part, you know, the sensuality and the physicality mm -hmm. of that culture. You know, the, the, the like the role of the body and the recognition as the body as as an entity, as a relevant entity, and the relationship you have with your body and whoever you are dancing. Uh, uh, with your partner, you know, because it, the, the dance and the music and the culture invites in this recognition from organism to organism, right? And it's also this that we think it's, it's uh, important to share with the world, to offer to the world. It's an invitation that we are very we have the conviction that it has some value to give to the world, you know, just like hip hop culture has been proving to do so, you know, and now a days also in a kind of financial market economy setting. Oh no, this is all very fascinating things, but I'm curious how did the idea came about and how early in the conversation were you, you know, did you decide like, yes, that's what we're going to go. We're going to move forward with this project. I don't know. We've, we've been speaking. Uh, uh, I think the first time we tried to do it, we presented a possibility of the project to freeze London. There was a proposal to to do something. And I, for some reason, I, we couldn't go forward with it. Um, me and Kalaf have been conspiring for years. How, how do we edify, you know, the, the, the Angolan, the Cape Verdean, the Brazilian, uh, the Mozambican, the Guinean immigrants in Portugal, right? We see 
people do having a hand on their business, like hairdresser business, for example, right? Which is very prolific. And, and people opening businesses of janitor business, right? One could call that like cleaning and stuff like that. How can we edify these, these mothers and fathers that are working in construction, that are working cleaning the offices, that are working raising kids, babysitting and taking care? Or like what, what's, what is all this culture? How can we, you know, celebrate that existence, celebrate that availability to fight. And we kept coming to Kizomba, to Kizomba, and finding a way to present this narrative and establish an invitation of participation, but also recognition of what it was. So I guess the, the past 10 years, more or less, we've been mm -hmm. kind of talking and trying to figure things out and maturing how could we uh, um, produce an invitation that can be compelling and at the same time offer a, 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 a consequent format in which this edification can continue to grow and it can continue to sort of to mature. You know, so on and off 10 years of different conversations, different opportunities or possibilities would show up, you know, and then we couldn't really materialize. Now, with this moment in Sao Paulo, it was kind of me and Kalaf were like, okay, we got, we, we got to move. We, we got to be in Brazil at this particular time. Uh, um, so that was, I, I think, that final nudge. And of course, we had to work a lot, both Kalaf and myself, to get the money, right? Because we are financing uh, uh, at least 50% of what this effort requires, you know? So we also needed to gain a little bit more muscle, not just the ideas, but the capacity to have networks or people conspiring in favor, you know? It's a process that is not finished just yet, even though we are... Uh, uh, in uh, in August already, you know, we have uh, about 25 days to sort of to put the last screws on things and everything is happening very fast. There's a lot of, of excitement and enthusiasm in Brazil for the gesture, you know, because the word Kizomba, uh, even though in Brazil, the, the connection they have with it, it's kind of confusion, which, uh, uh, you know, historically we know how we got there. So, mm -hmm. uh, but there's a relationship with the culture, with the word, and, and it felt like it was the right moment, right? The right political moment, the right economical moment, but also the right kind of moment that our uh, communities are, you know, aware of one another. And I think there is this, the, the inevitable energy that is how do we add value to one another in favor of the things we want to build, you know, seems to be very present uh, um so now we, we just we, we wanted to participate uh, uh, of this moment and to get kizomba there felt like was the right thing to 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 offer you brought up an interesting point because often enough when we think about an exhibition we only really explore the idea the concept the artistic vision that's coming you know to display but you mentioned about the you know there is a financial aspect as well a lot of times the artists will have to be responsible for a percentage of the cost. How how are you having this conversation? I mean, how how do you manage your time not only between being the artist but also being the person that needs to quote unquote sell the idea so the idea can you know 
come to fruition in finding space and being able to be uh, exposed and enjoyed by by the masses? I don't know, man. Like the curve for me um, was a, a lot of the times we are so in love with our ideas. You know what I mean? And sometimes as artists, I mean, we are in love, sometimes even obsessed by them, right? Ideas kind of hunt us down that sometimes we forget that that's all they are our ideas you know how do they become relevant to an investor why should somebody care about it i think this is the learning curve that i've had conducting these processes right uh, how does this add value to a particular brand to a particular institution uh, what does this brand or institution care about where do our interests meet you know i guess you have to compartmentalize man and you have to share responsibilities right you have to understand what are the process for example i don't work with a gallery and i don't work with a, a, a publicist or a manager or stuff like that. So I kind of have been practicing compartmentalizing and sharing responsibilities with people that either you are, you know, compensating to work for you or are part of your investor team, right? Even as workers, producers, uh, uh, for example, you know, and you give them a cut. So it's just knowing where do things start. It, as long, at least for me, as long as I don't confuse uh, the viability of an idea with the idea itself, as long as I'm not mixing those realms, everything is okay, you know? Uh, uh, I've been fortunate enough to have people looking at my work and saying, okay, this is useful to me. Mm -hmm. And thus I worked and I managed to, you know, uh, save a little bit and sort of, okay, I can focus on the ideas first, produce them, get them together, and then worry about communicating them and selling them. Just making sure that I understand that each process requires a different set of skills and I should avoid doing them simultaneously. You know, I cannot think about selling the idea when creating it because that it's, that contaminates, right, what I do. Uh, a lot of discipline, I would say. That would be my next question. This perhaps do you find yourself wondering which project to develop if there is a, a, a possibility of selling? Perhaps you're only going to work on something because you believe this is something that I can find fun or I can find uh, an, an audience. Is that something that you struggle with or you've been able to really separate the both both sides? I've been able to separate it, man, but I, I, I... I guess not because I'm super intelligent or super disciplined. It, it's kind of how I function, you know? Mm. I, I, I had never, I go from the premise that if this idea that I'm obsessed about exists, somebody fucking wants it. Who does want it? That's all I need to find out next. I'm not a being that is isolated, you know? I am part of these energetic fields that are around. If there's an idea that is, you know, messing with my mind enough, who wants this? Like, wh wh where's the need for there to be, right? Whether you are spiritual or you are scientific or whatever the hell your belief system may be, one cannot deny the physics of energy, 
Do you know what mm. I mean? And if an idea is out there and there is a pool, I have to be available with finding that out. So I don't have to worry about that. If, if I trust that the idea is part of this energetic pool, I just have to be committed enough to identify where the need for that particular gesture is. So I focus on the idea. If I commit to it 100%, I have the confidence that there is a place for it. I just have to be available to wear. I can't be so picky to wear. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, so for me, it's been that has been proven the patterns. I, I work because I engage and commit to the ideas that obsess me. And I believe that that obsession is not just an inner engine. There is something that I'm sharing with, with people. So it, it is just having a kind of a availability to make those ideas work wherever they want to work. I don't obsess too much if it's a museum, if it's a concert, if it's this, you know. Uh, during my professional path, I think a lot of people, some, you know, were describing this motherfucker has no focus, you know, a CD, a photograph. What the, what do you do? <laughs> I, I produce ideas. I obey mm. the idea. And then wherever that idea is going to exist, I don't have the pretension uh, and the arrogance to assume that this idea must be here or must be there, you know? Uh, for some people, it makes me a bit of a whore, but I'm a happy guy. <laughs> no, I think this is an interesting because I have had a conversation with many people here in the podcast. And a lot of times people express the creativity of the idea as almost as you just did. I mean, you, the artist is a vessel. Is the one you know? You're not in control. You're just expressing. It's like it's something more, as you mentioned, uh, mystic that we can quite put a finger on it. We don't quite understand. It's more of a feeling, an intuition thing. So uh, what you're describing right now seems to come along with a pattern with a lot of creative artists that I've been talking to the last couple of weeks and months. And uh, it's interesting to find a common denominator between all of you with different backgrounds, different histories, different acting in the cities, but the, that language, the intuition, that energy of being a creative pers person, it's quite universal. And, 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 and that for me to be an observer from here and have the opportunity to talk to you and people like you, it just make this so far more interesting and exciting for me. No, I hear you, man. I hear you. It, it, it's uh, recognition, right? It, it's just us having the availability to, to recognize, which is not something very difficult to do, right? The, I think the next part is the most challenging part. Once you recognize that you are this vessel or that you are this possible instrument to these ideas or statements or positions or whatever it may be, is do you obey or not? That's where the thing gets tricky, right? Do you obey? Are you disciplined enough to trust that? And I think that's the hard part for artists and communities alike because, uh, uh, again, it's that part, what are we vessels of? What is that in favor of? And a lot of the times, if not most of the times, that connects to other human beings. 
So I, as an artist, recognize what I am and I have the intention, it doesn't always work out, but I have the intention of making the rest of the community responsible for their own part, right? Because there, there is, the, the, in, this, in this kind of silent or invisible agreement between the artist uh, uh, or the creative person and the ones that receive, there is this silent agreement, but there is one that must be there, that that recognition must be there. And this is also another part sometimes that it is, it is difficult nowadays, right? There's a lot of gates uh, mm. uh, between between those ideas and the need to receive them, you know, there's a lot of systems or, or ways in which things become or not uh, accessible. So, you know, for every for every era, it's challenge, no? Yeah, I was talking to somebody uh, off camera back in the day, and somebody made a quote to someone or said something very interesting. Said, "What would you try to do if you knew you, you wouldn't fail?" Right, it's an interesting question. But and then I propose a different question. What would you do knowing you're still gonna fail? I think kind of <laughs> kind of comes back to what you're saying because listening to some of your conversation and your interviews for this podcast, doing the research, you say some you referring about like what are you willing to die for? And and that's something I'm, I'm interested in. So for you, is that what you're looking for? You're willing to, to die for your creative expression for your art. That's where you really should go to hell and back to be able to express yourself. Uh, it's, it's a way, it's a way to put it. It's a way mm -hmm. to put it. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm, the answer is yes. I, 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 I suppose I hesitate, man, because it sounds a bit too honorable, you know. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if I recognize like to die for my creative expression. Mm -hmm. No, I'm willing to die for life. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. creative expression is part. It's an element of my life. You know, uh, uh, it, it's 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 not what I call it. Do you know what I mean? When I think about it, I don't think I'm willing to die for my creative expression. I think I, I'm 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 I'm. Hmm. It's perhaps uh, uh, important that I realize that I'm not willing to die for everything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. uh, and and there, there are certain ideas, there are certain principles, there are certain circumstances, you know, where dying does not concern me. It's not my biggest concern. You know, and sometimes it has been my uh, creative expression. Uh, another time uh, is uh, looking at a ball bouncing in a road and man, there must be a kid that is coming after that ball. Like I, I got to get that ball before there is some, you know what I mean? As simple yeah. as, as those kinds of things. Uh, um, I'm, 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 I don't know. I, I'm, I'm willing to die on a way to somewhere, mm. on a way to building something, on the way to edifying something. I think this is what excites me. You know, I, I wouldn't put it on, on, on the realm of creative expression. Of course, that, that is part of that. But I, 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 like, I like successful living. 
you know i like uh, i like laughter i like uh, commitment i like people that dare to express what they want to do and and for that on the way to edify that i am willing to die for that i'm willing to die for life you know i'm willing to die for an active presence in this realm of living I, I, I get excited by those things. If somebody tells me that they want to build something and but, but, dude, I, I like, fuck this but. Like, how? Mm. Where? With whom? I'm willing to die for that. that. That tickles me. That gets me excited, you know? What do you want to do? Let's find out how. You know what I mean? And the only deflating thing is if you say you want that, but then you're not willing to die for it yourself, you know? Oh, so it, it's just a, a desire and maybe doesn't even belong to you. I don't know. Right. So th th those things, I think, is the best way I can answer that. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to die for the exercise of living, you know, being something that you extract success from you extract joy you know success i don't know it's kind of a it became sort of a weird kind of a word nah? uh, or we have a weird relationship with success uh, uh i connect success very simply to an intention you know achieve an achieved intention be it an athlete running his best time yet you know or you managing to have a piece of cake with your loved one You know, I, I like that. I like I like people. There, there's that like this. <laughs> I was talking to to my wife, and she was telling me uh, uh, that sometimes I, I I body shame people, and and I said no, it's definitely not about their body. It's it's about their fucking attitude. Like, do you know what I mean? They're, 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 they're two very different. If you see somebody that has a big build, for example, you know, and there is definitely, you look at two people that are, for example, overweight, you can look at somebody that that overweight is dragging their life down. Or you can look at a person that is overweight. Maybe they could be healthier, but there's a sense of they're good with who they are and what they are. And they are navigating life with a particular kind of attitude. Those are the kinds uh, uh, of things, you know, that that uh, uh, create value within my availability for life, for living and getting engaged with, uh, with life. Uh, <clears throat> talking to someone, too, uh, on the podcast, uh, one artist, I'm not going to say names, but people can go back and watch it. She was uh, very clear to say that she finds herself self-censoring her mm. work because we live in a such high uh, sensitive climate in terms of, you know, not censorship, but people getting, you know, uh, criticized for what they say, what they believe, who they believe. It's like you can't win, right? Getting canceled cancel culture how important i mean i don't think that's something that you struggle with clearly but how important is for young artists to not shy away from their own voice even though their voice perhaps might not be what people want to hear and how do you navigate that as well because as institutions and museums and galleries you know they want to make sure they're representing any highlight even the media Uh, artists and designers and creative people that have a point of view, but not too much of a point of view, right? I think there is yeah. a line over there that people don't want to cross. 
how do you, you know, any kind of tips, suggestions, or recommendations, or a story that you can share, how you've been able to navigate that so the young professionals, the young people out there, creative people can kind of, you know, have an idea or at least a no, concept to go by? Be willing to die for it, man. It's as simple as that. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I, I don't have any any other things. Like, uh, is is it something that matters and th that the foundation uh, that you have, you can present it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I, this is this is a, I guess it's not it's not a a simple answer. I don't condemn like I don't know you know the artist yeah. that was self uh, uh, editing or self censoring and all of that. I think you do what you think you can commit to and what you can you know what I mean make sense within within your life. As far as I uh, can perceive regardless of how media or how museums uh, uh, connect or disconnect from the narratives that a particular artist creates, what is important for people is to understand that it's true. You know what I mean? It, it's not a relationship with the truth, but it's a relationship with, with, with if it's true, wherever that perspective is coming from, is it real to you, right? Do, like, is, is, like, what is the 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 fundamental intention of such declaration you know where is it coming from you know and i think that's the the most an artist can do and then i don't know i think it would be tricky to give a one kind of conceptual mm. vibe about that because different contexts provide different opportunities i i would just say uh, be attentive, you know. I think it is, is very important to understand what you are about and to make sure that you leave no uh, doubt about why, you know. Uh, that tends to create a freedom to the what uh, uh, if your why is, 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 uh, is clear, you know. I don't know. I, I, lo I look, for example, man, at figures in pop culture like uh, Andy Kaufman, for example, right? It, it was for so many people so difficult to tap into his why, you know? But at the same time, it was difficult to look at that level of commitment and think that the motherfucker was lost. Like, I, I, you know, only very distracted people could... You know what I mean? Have a, a, a relationship like that. Having said that, he was an asshole for a lot of people and he was condemned, canceled. The opportunities were given and taken from him. He was committed to something, you know. Uh, uh, there are, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, thousands and thousands of, of examples, you know. Uh, um, I think we have to be willing to commit to what matters to us because that's the only thing that 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 matters you know what i mean what are you censoring in the name of it, it's connected to your savings account and you have a plan cool you know as long as you know why you're doing it and uh, you can navigate that in your own existence with a sense of joy and of presence do you you know are you do you think about legacy I do. I do. Hmm. What kind of legacy? 
You know, because I mean, you 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 were a father. You uh, have been in this field working as an artist for a couple of years now already. You have established yourself. People know who you are. You have a vision. You have a clarity of a personality. But you also, you know, you have representative of your culture, of your family, and and that you know, really is obvious in front of us when we get to talk to you and see what you do. So I'm wondering what going on in your mind when you think about when it's all said and done. I'm no longer here. What's going to be my legacy? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if I ever thought about it in that way, right? And when I'm not uh, ever here, what what is my legacy? It, it's uh, it's a challenging uh, uh, question. Attitude matters. I think that's uh, uh, yeah. There's there's nothing very. Uh, I was listening to to the other day uh, uh, a definition, very simple definition of original, right? Uh, original, it just means it is from the origin. <laughs> uh, uh, it doesn't mean freaky, new, uh, like, or whatever these things that we connect to originality, right? Mm -hmm. as, 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 um, so I would say that my legacy is going to be one more. I want to be one more, one more of those motherfuckers that added value to those who came across uh, it. You know, I, I want to be uh, uh, a vehicle of possibilities that become opportunities. I want to be uh, uh, an energetic field that m contributes for your sense of what is possible. It is possible, you know. Um, I think it's simple like that. It is possible is is the most clear thing. It is it's possible for us to pursue the lives we want. It is possible to build the things we want to build if we have an attitude that serves exactly that. I want to be one more uh, that provides a tangibility to that process. How do you do it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I want to be able, if, if I use your, your image, when I'm no longer here and somebody looks at my trajectory, I can say, okay, how did that motherfucker do it? Like, how, how come, how did he live that life? How was it possible? You know, how was it possible uh, in, in, uh, in Belgium? How was it possible in Luanda? How was it possible in Portugal? How was it possible? How do you work with these institutions that are on these dude's CV and have no gallery? Okay, what's the ceiling of that? What was I? I want to be connected to one more uh, uh, possibility of how we can conduct our lives and allow our lives to be exactly that ours, right? Of course, feel free to be involved and engage with a political construct, but remember, you are not it. Do you know what I mean? Like you are this thing that happens to be in this political culture what's the organism what the hell is this and uh then uh, kind of this this uh, relationship with a sense of clarity i think i'm obsessed with that because in my living experience that adds value to people's lives you know for example what is really 
uh, I say in, in some of my work, I don't know where, uh, uh, and maybe if I drink too much, I might just say it uh, uh, and for no reason, is fuck choice. Fuck choice. Like, Jesus Christ, what do you mean? Like, choice has become one of the best partners of a market economy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, 25 different teas, 56 different rices, like choice. And we equate choice to freedom. You know, there's this parallel to, to, to be free is to choose. And, 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 and uh, like, who, whom is this serving? Is it really serving you? I will exchange choice for recognition. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. That's what I want my legacy to be. Let's live with a sense of clarity, not certainty. That's a fucking illusion. But why not clarity? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's super clear. You know? Yeah. So the, these kinds of things matter to me. Uh, uh, I look at my kid, you know, I, I, I want him to, to have the, um, yeah, the fortitude of having a relationship of recognition. Uh, uh, to what he is, you know, this love that people have with the question, who am I? You know, I, I prefer what, and then what, do you, do you have a relationship with what you are and do you recognize what it needs and do you have the availability to create the capacity that is taking care of this in favor of the life or living experience you want to have. I want to be one more motherfucker that contributes for that sense of clarity. You know, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty neat. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we are on this point uh, before I let you go, because this has been such a, a lot of digest, but I love it. I think people's going to walk away with like, oh my God, as you just quoting yourself, this motherfucker is crazy, but I dig it. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair you enough. Know, you know, I dig it what he's saying, where he's at, what he believes. You know, I think there's so many interesting things here that we all can walk away with the affirmation and the clarity that the things that we need to go die for in a commitment. But before you go, I need you to do answer three questions for me and I ask everyone who comes here the podcast is okay. we needed to recommend us a book okay oh wow um, a movie or a TV show it can be your favorite or something they recently watched that you like okay and okay. who do you think we should invite to be here at Minded Podcast next man dude okay 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 man okay let me use books Does, it has to be only one well, no. If you have multiple, I have. I, there's there's an interesting there's an interesting uh, book that that I that I. Okay, no shit. It has to be three. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, okay, let me let me give you these these three. I think they're super important. This book, The Secret Life of Plants, uh, uh, for me, it, it's it's uh, it's almost like a Bible of sorts. You know. Again, uh, this uh, a relationship with clarity, you know, like we've known for a long, long time uh, that plants are doing a lot more than, you know, we were taught at biology class in school. 
I think this book first came out in 71 or something like that. There is some scientific data and information here that we don't learn in school. Uh, uh, the question, of course, of the sentiency or not of plants, you know, and what it explores. There's actually a documentary which Stevie Wonder did the soundtrack to, uh, uh, which is super cool. So The Secret Life of Plants. And then, you know, uh, attached like to be a machine. Uh, uh, I find this interesting to get into the community that really uh, believes and is committed to, I don't know, evolving humanity and to become a machine uh, it might be one of those paths. It's, it's a very funny, compelling way of understanding what all these people that desire to become machines and think that humanity's future is one where you don't get sick and all of those kinds of benefits. So To Be a Machine is also a cool book. And I have, I'm sorry, uh, this one, which I think it's a, it's a one of a bestseller, but I think it's a great companion for some of the things that we were talking about here, which is factfulness. You know, facts still matter, man. You know, <laughs> it still matter. And because at the end, the conclusion that you take from this book is that despite all the blah, blah, blah and our struggles that are real, the world is better uh, uh, than before. What, what else? What else? What else? Shit, I like this part. I never knew I was going to be so excited about this. There you yes. go. So uh, a movie, TV show, something to watch. Man, uh, the last movie I saw and it touched me. In, uh, the, yeah, it was, it was intense. It was called uh, Biosphere. Mm. Biosphere. It, it, it's uh, two characters, the entire film, you know. It's pr a production of the Duplass brothers. Okay. Uh, Biosphere. I like that. I think that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Excellent. And the last one, who do you think we should invite it, uh, next here at the podcast? Um, I would say you could invite Sandra, Sandra Poulsen. Uh, she's an artist. Uh, she's an Angolan artist based in uh, London, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think she's the shit. Uh, uh, it, it is very good to see coming uh, uh, from my territory. You know, there was a time, i very honest, that not understanding how things were going to expand, you know. And Sandra and her generation of, of artists is, is, is uh, showing that absolutely nothing to worry about, you know. We're going to continue to have the narratives of that particular territory on planet Earth contributing value to, to, to human life. So I would say Sandra Poulsen. You know, uh, before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit off camera uh, for those who are listening or watching us. And you asked me, like, I don't even know how you guys got me on your radar. And I didn't yes. answer that question to you, but I will today yes. right now. We, uh, we work very hard to find people with a singular vision, people who are not afraid to speak up, people who are really committed to themselves. And you, my friend, I'm one of those. So I'm thrilled we managed to get you here uh, the Minded with us today. And I'm so excited to have the opportunity to get you to know you a little bit better. And I'm very excited about the project in Brazil. I, most, I won't be there in Brazil for that, but most certainly we'll check it out. And I wish you the best with that as well. No, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I, I am a fan of your, of your content and what you guys are building there. So it was a pleasure, man. And I will make sure to send in for your way, uh, making sure that we are in communication, you know, adding value to each other's lives, man. Excellent. All right, my friend, have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you soon. Beautiful one. Thank you.
Experience the world of art, design, and culture through Minded Podcast. Engage with groundbreaking artists, visionary designers, and cultural influencers and delve into their creative processes. Minded Podcast, powered by the CDA. New episodes every Tuesday.